The Dragon Rewrite is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that Easter was originally celebrated with Easter armadillos? But they switched it to Easter bunnies because armadillos don't lay eggs. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> For more armadillo-related facts and to unlock bonus content, check us out at patreon.com slash club. The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're going to cover chapters 1 through 4 of Lord of Chaos, book 6 of The Wheel of Time. Previously, we had a nice recap of what everyone's up to. The Forsaken are plotting, there's a hot new mirror draw uh, who actually has a name. Uh, Elaine and Nynaeve are attending wizard school study abroad program, and Lord Perrin's going to bail out on two rivers and hit the road, because that's what you do, I guess. Uh, everyone wants a piece of Rand's dragon D, and Morghese is stuck between some white cloaks in a hard place. And that's about it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mostly the same as it was at the end of the last book. Yeah. It feels like a lot more happened, though. The prologue was so long. There, they, We touched on a lot of characters briefly, but you know they were all kind of doing their own things. And a lot of the people we met weren't super main characters, so I guess they're... Their stories were more tangential and more kind of giving context for the stuff that's going to be happening from now on. Right. So chapter one, Lion on the Hill, icon of a heron-marked blade. So it starts with that famous intro, which is just great every time. It's exactly what you said just a minute ago. Right, yes. Memories become podcasts. Yeah. (laughs) So Rand is practicing the sword, uh, 1v5 in Camelon Palace. Because it takes five men to equal Land's level of badassness. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, just... I don't have Land to practice with anymore, so I'm going to have to have five men. And if you put those five penises together, you have one Land penis. Yeah, that's, that, that's a unit of measure, right? <laughs> yeah. Five normal penises equals one Land penis. Yes. <laughs> but it's a pretty great fight scene here. Yeah, it's, it's really cool, and it, it works out to be a tie. I'd kind of like to see the scenes where, you know, he works out with three guys... And, like, he just beats the crap out of all of them. He's like, it's not enough. I need more guys to fight. Yeah, how many times do you think he did it? I, what, what, that was a stupid question. Five, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, four's not enough. And then they get that fifth guy in there like, yeah, that's about right. So if he had won this particular fight straight out, they probably would have needed a higher Yeah, he needed a sixth guy yeah. to beat up. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, they one of them managed to actually land a hit on him. So he, I guess he's just amazing at sword fighting now. Yeah, I mean... He's only been practicing for a year, and then only part-time, because he spent a lot of time, you know, getting in touch with his roots and stuff. He does practice, like, every day with a blade master. I guess that helps a little bit, right? He's got a really good coach, and he's also got Luce Theron in his brain. And, oh, that must be it. And Luce yeah. Theron was also... Luce Theron practiced sword fighting for, like, 300 years or something. However long he lived, he was a swords person. Yeah. yeah. So, after the fight, a bunch of Andoran nobles are crowding around him, trying to do the game of houses on him. Because they all want him to put them on the lion throne, I guess he hasn't. He's saving it for Elaine. Yeah, he. I guess he's made it clear that he doesn't intend to rule and or. So they're all trying to kind of get the get that spot. But the, I think he makes a point of saying that they kind of suck at it. Like they're yeah. trying to do the game of houses thing, but they're like these guys are no Kyrianans. Yeah, you're worse than the Terrans, and they're worse than the Kyrianans. <laughs> it's just embarrassing. Yeah, but Davram Bashir is there, just sort of sitting around being awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of forgot about this dude, but whew, man. 
He's my new favorite. He's pretty fantastic. And man, he's got some big old brass balls on him, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, he, he doesn't care. Yeah, he's just like, whatever, you know, you're a dragon, I don't care. I like that they, they point out that the nobles are all standing there, but Davram Bashir had a big gilded chair dragged in so he can just sit down. Well, okay. he's not even sitting. He's like lounging across it with his with his <laughs> legs flopped yeah. across it. That's right. Because right. he's too cool for school. Probably like eating an apple or something. <laughs> yeah. And he makes a really good point that Rand, this is pointless, what Rand is doing, this sword fighting training, because he's never going to fight people with a sword. Uh, is Davram's point. does, right? He just fights it with a magic sword for some reason. I don't know. I mean, like, that's a it's a weird decision on Rand's part, but he kind of yeah. uses his magic he, sword. He makes right? the point by throwing a dagger at Rand. That's true. Which Rand catches with the power, not with the sword. I guess he could do either one, though, huh? Yeah, probably, but the point is, the power is way more powerful than a sword at all. That's a good point. I also think he's kind of wrong, because about half the time Rand's adventures lead to him fighting a sword master with a sword. Yeah, I mean, he, 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 the world that they're in seems to be lousy with sword masters, because I feel like Rand is tripping over a sword master at every turn. <laughs> yeah, usually an evil one. Yeah, I mean, are there any good sword masters besides he and Lan? Uh, right, we haven't met one. I guess his dad. Oh, that's true. I wonder if the sword practice is something he does to help keep the madness at bay because it is so focused. You know, that's an interesting point. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like uh, in this fight scene... He, he never really explains why he's doing it. But that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does seem like kind of an escapist activity, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Almost like a... Uh, <laughs> as silly as it sounds, he's fighting to unwind or or to take his mind off of the, all the other shit that's weighing on him right now. Well, mm-hmm. it's saying it's it's the same sort of feeling he has when he's emptying his mind to do Saiden, except he doesn't have the evil taint. So Yeah, that's a good point. Just a sweaty one. Just a sweaty <laughs> taint. <laughs> <laughs> Classy. Yeah. Throughout these chapters, Rand is having a lot of Luz Theron thoughts. Luz Theron is very present in his head. And even even more than just having Luz Theron thoughts. And this is an interesting thing. Like, my initial impression was he should embrace this, right? Like, Luz Theron knows more both about the one power and about the enemies that he's dealing with than anyone who has lived in a thousand three thousand years however long it's been yeah so this this is like he should be chatting this person up inside of his head but like well he doesn't he doesn't know that it's really loose there not for sure it could be crazy talk well yes and no right because he, he he i feel like he's heard loose Theron say some things or or tell him some things like Forsaken's real names and things like that that no one else would know, right? But no one else knows that, so is it true? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like, I feel like he he had a conversation with Asmodian where he he brought up some Forsaken's name and Asmodian was like, hmm? Yeah, I think that's true, but I, I would buy an explanation that he has those memories, but the persona of Luz Theron in his head is madness. Mm. Kind of operating on those memories. Because he's Luz Theron reborn. He's not... A guy reborn who has Luz Theron Telemon in his head. I mean... Although maybe that is how it works, <laughs> I was going right? to say, kind of a little bit, right? A yeah, but this bit. could be his madness talking and using Luz Theron's true memories as fuel. I suppose so. I just, I, I, I feel like if he has an opportunity to learn some new wizard tricks, he should try and take advantage of it, just because he's lost his, uh, sure. his wizard teacher. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, Luz Theron does not seem like the most stable person. <laughs> I was I was thinking about that. Like in this this chapter he's he's just a little annoying, but like in I think it's in the next one he starts talking a little crazy. Mhm. Uh, and it is like is he still mad? 
<laughs> from all of that taint right? and stuff? Yeah, so he's there, but he's mad. So is his taint the same as Rand's taint? I don't know. Are they sharing a taint? Because This is, this is why I'm a little suspicious. <laughs> I didn't laugh, Jeff. You're the one laughing. <laughs> she laughed. <laughs> We know Alice is gonna laugh, Jeff. You're supposed to be the you're supposed to be the highbrow one here. Look, the point is they're both riding the same taint here. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if he's mad, I don't know. It's weird. He has his. Is he really? Uh, uh, yeah. They've they've got to be the same person because Luce Theron is thinking through Rand. I need to die. I deserve only to die. But Luce Theron is dead, so therefore he must not actually be dead if he's in Rand. Well, if he's he can't be dead if he's in Rand. Yeah. So uh, like, unless that's Rand's own insanity talking. Mm-hmm. There's some there's some moments when Luce Theron sounds a bit like the Black Wind. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I know they're not the same character, but like they have the same kind of like violent madness. Right. Kill them. Kill them. Yeah. Whatever. So Rand and Matt and Bashir have some kind of military plan for Ilion, which is ruled by Samael. That. We don't really find out anything about because it's a big secret. And the, I, my favorite bit of this was Bashir is, is digging for information about Matt, right? Like, like how does he know all that stuff? Who did he train under? Did he read a bunch of books? And I wrote it down. Rand thinks, he supposed Matt had to have read a book sometime, somewhere. <laughs> I mean, has he read books? Yeah, he's read book. Yeah, back in the two rivers, read a bunch of military manuals and tactics and stuff. Yeah, when we we know that the real answer is that Matt just got turkey based with like three thousand years of military experience <laughs> or something, right? Yeah. But yeah, no, I I love the idea of Davram, Bashir, and Matt teaming up for military like strategy because they're yeah. I'd watch that sitcom. I know <laughs> it's true. They're both kind of jokesters in different ways, you know. Yeah, you know, Bashir strikes me as a grown up sort of Matt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's very irreverent. You know, he's always sitting around thinking, like, this is all a bunch of frou-frou bullcrap. Mm-hmm. Although Bashir, of course, lived his whole life soldiering in the Blight. So he's a lot more serious in that sense. I suspected if Matt spent a bunch of time soldiering in the Blight, he'd come out a little more serious. I bet Bashir would throw some dice. Oh, I bet they would have a great time. <laughs> we, you, know, you know what, Dallas? You're right. I would watch this sitcom. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> they get some news. Mazarum Tame has showed up. A celebrity recruit. (laughs) This will put him on the map. Yeah, Majum Tame, uh, we haven't heard from in a while. He was was one of the, I guess, the most powerful false dragons since Loghain. Yeah. And he was not stilled. He was was captured and then mysteriously escaped, probably through the assistance of the Black Aja, we think, but we don't know. Right. And now he's here. And now he's here. So chapter two, A New Arrival. The icon of the Aes Sedai symbol. So Tame arrives into the, the palace room with Rand and Bashir. And he's really cool. Yeah. I, in, the, in the sense that he's just really calm and, un, and almost unflappable. Yeah, he, he doesn't seem particularly taken aback by anything that's going on. Which is interesting because Davin Bashir is literally the person who's supposed to be hunting down and killing him, yeah, right? Yeah, right. He led an army here for the specific purpose of killing this guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He walks in and, oh, hey, that's the guy who's tasked with bringing me to justice. But I, I was expecting Mazarin Tame to be kind of a half-mad wretch, you know, who declared himself the dragon because he didn't know what else to do, because he could channel and all that stuff. But he's not. He's actually a lot older than Rand, like 15 years. And he's been channeling for a long time. He's known several other men that could channel. He's so, dangerous. Yeah, he's really dangerous. Yep. I. And as soon as Rand sees him lose there and... Freaks the fuck out in his head. <laughs> He's like, kill him, kill him, kill him now, kill him, kill him. <laughs> yeah, gotta kill him, kill them all, kill him. 
I'm just like, Lucera, chill with the murder talk, bro. You sound mm-hmm. a little crazy. But but you know, I I get where he's coming from. Majin Tame does feel like somebody the ranch should not trust. Though maybe he doesn't have a choice. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> He really shouldn't trust this guy. Now, having met him, he doesn't seem trustworthy at all. We know Mazarin Tame. It seems to be his motivation was actually glory, right? He wanted to be the Dragon Reborn. He wanted to write his name in the history books. He should probably kill this guy. Yeah, and I think that Rand probably wants to, but he's in this place where he feels like he's got very limited resources. And for better or worse, Mazarin Tame represents a very useful resource. I mean, mm-hmm. he proves himself almost immediately with, with a couple of you know, tricks that we'll, which we'll get into. But. Yeah, but if Mazram Tame, also if Mazram Tame is right there in front of Rand and Rand has his little Angriol so that he's stronger than Mazram Tame, it's much better to have him there and at least saying to Rand's face that he's going to support him rather than having him out somewhere else with his own army. Yeah, I guess that's true, it's right? kind of a that's keep your enemies closer. Contender, yeah. Yeah. And there's yeah. kind of a funny, like, scene where, where Rand is just reviewing the stuff he's been up to. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, I think I killed this one guy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I killed Ishmael. I mean, like, he was calling him Balsamon, but I'm pretty sure he was Ishmael. I really <laughs> can keep track these days. <laughs> yeah, there's a cool bit where he's making a point to Bashir that the Dark One is worse than Mazarin Tame when he's listing off all the crimes of the various Forsaken. Yeah. There's got to be loose there in Telamon talking, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because how on earth would Rand know that, right? There's no. This is information that was certainly lost in history. Yeah. So I, I don't know if he even realizes that he did it in that case. You know, he just has these extra memories, kind of like Matt, almost. They're integrating. Yeah. And I, and I guess in maybe a lot like Matt, because I suspect Matt got the memories of past lives, and you know, Rand is loose there and reborn, so... Yeah. But... Master Tame actually checks some boxes here. He he swears to serve and obey Rand, the Dragon Reborn. He can detect and train male channelers. Very useful. Yeah, which Rand couldn't do. And he brought Rand a Dark One seal. Which yeah. is pretty cool. I want I do want to jump back a page though and appreciate the writing here. Mm-hmm. Um at the end of Rand's speech when he's talking to Mazram Tame, he says and now you've come to accept my pardon to walk in the line and submit to me to battle the Dark One as hard as you ever battled anyone. The forsaken are reeling. I mean to hunt them all down, eradicate them, and you will help me. For that, you've earned your pardon. I tell you true, you'll probably earn it a hundred times over again before the last battle is done. It's good. I like that. Mm -hmm. This is the same guy that was some naive farm boy when this all started, being dragged around by Moraine and Lan, and not really believing any of the stuff that he was seeing. And now he's making epic pronouncements like that constantly. You can see why people who are around him might start showing respect for it. I mean, you know, Land's seen him from beginning to end and, and seen him develop. And and by the end of the last book, Land certainly had grown to respect Rand as not just as a person, but as a leader, I think. Mm-hmm. It is a little surprising how quickly he adopted all these incredible leadership qualities. One yeah. would almost say that it has to be something from Lucerne, you know? Yeah. Oh, it knew, has to be. Who we know was a, a leader in his time. Yeah. I, I would say there's probably a factor of just watching Moiraine and Lan, because those are two different types of very effective leaders. Sure. That's true. That's true. I, he, he did have some excellent tutors throughout. Yeah. And Tom Marilyn was on his side for a while, and, and Asmodian... Uh, probably wasn't a very good. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, Asmodee is kind of the opposite, right? Like he was—he was a guy who never wanted to be a leader. 
Yeah, right? Yeah. I just want to hear music, man. Yeah. I just want to do my dance where I move backwards and look like I'm walking forwards. <laughs> I mean, I know his money has gone, but, and, I, and I do miss him, but he's like, he still cracks me up. He was just like, why did you join the dark one? So it's fun to listen to music, man. <laughs> I really like music. <laughs> and, that, and then he grabbed his crotch and then spun around. Right, yeah. <laughs> Tilted his hat. Uh, so as soon as Rand sees this Dark One seal and has it in his hands, Luz Theron completely freaks out to the point of taking over Rand's body and trying to smash the Dark One seal. Yeah! What is going on here? That's not good. Luz Theron wants to smash the star. What do you think that's about? That is not very Luz theron right? It's not. Maybe he's insane. Maybe this is... Because Lucerian did lead the strike on the Dark One's lair and seal him back away from the pattern. So maybe you have to break the seals to do that. Maybe he's thinking, break the seals, I have to kill the Dark One. Maybe the seals aren't what we think they are. I have no idea. Yeah, this is, this is, a, this is a pretty uh, pretty bizarre action. And Bashir literally physically restrains Rand from smashing. <laughs> no, it's funny because he walks in and he's like, you know, I, I don't know what that is, but that seems important. I'm just going to, maybe let's not smash it just yet. <laughs> it's like, he's very tactful about it. He's like, I see, good. cool. And we find out that Bashir is totally a-okay with following insane commanders. Oh, he's like, yeah, yeah, God. my first boss was totally crazy too. <laughs> I love his stories about Mwadshid. Was it Mwadshid or something? Mwadshid? I don't know. The, this mad general is... So good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one time he had a, a grove of oak trees chopped down for looking at him funny and had them all buried. But, you know, he never lost a battle. Great guy. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> so Rand decides to take Tame to the farm. Which is a great name. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, it's pretty good. Chapter three, A Woman's Eyes. Icon of the Dragon's Fang. So they head to the farm, and I guess Rand just... Uses the power to teleport all the time now. Yeah, I think it's funny. He was like, he, showing he, up for his new friend of me. He didn't walk through a doorway in any of these chapters because he's just going from room to room. I mean, if you can, why wouldn't you, right? Walking mm-hmm. is for the birds. Just teleport. <laughs> that's Maybe right. that's why he's going crazy because he's using the power all the fucking time. Every yeah. five seconds. He asks Tame why Tame has gone 15 years without going crazy, which, you know, how do I know if Tame's not crazy? But Tame's like, I don't know. But it could be like, it could be just because he didn't use the power that much. Maybe he only used it in battle or something. Or maybe this isn't even tame. I don't know. I, I like, in, like, I don't, I don't know. But in my, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, is this forsaken? He, is this forsaken sneaking in? He knows things that only he and Bashir would know. Oh, that's true. He yeah. He kind of proves himself that way. And, that's and a good he really, point. you know, he, 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 he speaks as though he's Mazarin tame, as far as we know. Yeah. So they make a gateway. Uh, whatever they call it. I don't know what this power... This what, is traveling. It's traveling. Yeah, capital they travel T. with a capital T to the farm, which Tame knows that is called traveling. I think that's not unusual. I think that's... I don't think so? I think that's one of those things that that people talked about as in myth or something, oh, maybe. Okay. I know that I said a couple of... Maybe it's Moraine, maybe someone else. A couple of I said I mentioned traveling with a capital T as a lost art or something. Oh, but okay. I, but, but you're right. He... I Sedai knowing about it and him knowing about it are two very different things. So at the farm, there's a bunch of men training, or not really training, they're just working on the farm because Rand doesn't know how to test them for channeling. And they're there, and they're there with their families. That kind of surprised me. I mean, if you're just, if you're traveling and you have a family, do you just leave them behind? Probably not, right? Well, but if you have a family, why would you go want to be a channeler? Maybe top end, maybe because it's I expected the... it to be a bunch of 
you know, outcasts from their villages, wandering people, not people with kids. Yeah. That's true. And and it it even seems to affect how they interact because, you know, their, their wives and kids are there and everyone there knows what happens to Menhu Channel. There's no, Rand isn't saying, oh, I'm going to make sure you don't go crazy. He's like, you're going to go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to happen, you know? But we're going to fight a bunch of Trollocs and Mirrodrol and stuff, and you're probably going to die. But if you don't, you'll go crazy, like me. Yeah, I love, I love Rand's... Come on down to the farm with the leaning barn. I love Rand's danger cliff notes. <laughs> He's, like, running down a list. He's like, oh, there's Trollocs and Mirrodrol and Golom. And it's like, what the fuck's a Golom? <laughs> Rand, Rand doesn't know. He's like, where did that come from? Uh, dark hounds, which you can only kill with Balefire. Do you know how to Balefire? No, no. Let's let's not talk about Balefire. <laughs> let's not learn that one. Don't use it if you do. Tame starts testing them for the power which involves kind of concentrating and, and resonating with them somehow. And the first guy he tests has the ability to channel. And Rand picks it up immediately, which is also interesting, because I, I think Mazrum Tame was expecting it to take a little while for him to learn that yeah, trick. Yeah, I bet it's a... He's probably channeled about as much as Mazrum Tame has in his short time, because he channels a lot. All the time. And he's got that loose there in memory, so who knows? Yeah. It's got to be a Tavaren thing, because... Um... Uh, Mazroom Tame says, I, I'm not going to be surprised if every single one of these guys ends up being able to channel. Mm-hmm. You seem to have luck enough for 10 men, so that's got to be Tavarin. Yeah. And also, I, I think that Rand has shown himself to be a quick study at other things when it comes to the, the channeling. I mean, he he's seen a couple things happen and just picked them up immediately, which yeah. it's not just him. I think Egwene uh, can do that too, right? Right, yeah. I think that's tied to her old blood of Manithrin. Might be, yeah. But he's got... I guess, very old blood of the Aiel. That's true, yeah. Uh, and Rain lays on some some of this, uh, some pretty heavy dragon guilt. Like, there's a couple people who, I think if someone was asking if they could leave, he said, well, yeah, I mean, you could leave, but, you know, the last battle's coming, and, I mean, there's probably going to be some places that are yeah, spared. Yeah, maybe, maybe, where maybe you your are. farm. Maybe your farm will be fine. But I'm going to fight to make sure that more places are spared, <laughs> like your farm. <laughs> yeah, we'll do our best to make sure that they don't come kill you. <laughs> this is kind of a... Yeah, he even says he's starting to feel like he's manipulating them, which he kind of is. Yeah. And Rand tells Tame to start training them, to train them first to find other channelers, get as many as possible, and to train them as weapons. And watch out for the Forsaken. Yeah, watch out for Forsaken trying to infiltrate. Mm-hmm. Which are those are the two times that Tame's composure gets broken, even though Rand is kind of really intense and insane. The two times he is shocked are when Rand tries to break the Dark One seal and when Rand says that Forsaken might infiltrate. Mm-hmm. Which is a, probably a fair concern, right? I mean, yeah. he knows that they can change their physical characteristics if he even knew what most of them looked like, which mm-hmm. he doesn't. Yeah. So, yeah, it'd be really easy for a Forsaken to infiltrate. Yeah. So, Tame can channel almost as much as Rand. I thought that was interesting. very interesting. Yeah. Like, this is... Uh, I thought the point of Rand was that he's supposed to be able to channel more than anyone ever. Although, I guess Tame has had a lot more years to practice, now that I think about it, now that I'm saying that. So yeah. Rand is young and new to the One Power. Right, you get stronger, right, over time? Probably. And he's really relying on that Angreal he has. That's true. That's that, true. Which is, I don't think that necessarily stunts his magical growth, but maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's a, a bit like training wheels. Mm-hmm. He needs to kick off the Angreal and really let loose. Lose? Let loose? Let loose. <laughs> Speaking of loose there and still just... 
every time he talks to Tame. Kill him, kill him, kill him all. Yeah, it's, uh, and, and this is around the time when it occurred to me that Luce Theron's probably still crazy. Or he's still, <laughs> he's probably still got the madness from, from before. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think, I do think. Uh, which, which is a reason to be very cautious about interacting with them. And Rand also mentions that he, and, and this is maybe something really obvious, but I think this is the first time he's mentioned. He mentions that he wants to cleanse Sidon, which is probably impossible, maybe impossible. I don't know. But that it, would be I, good if he could do that. But I, I, it's it's interesting because it seems like a really obvious thing to want to do. But if, if this is the first time he's mentioned that that's an ambition of his. Mm-hmm. If he does, I mean, that'd be a gift to the future of the world, right? Absolutely. Having yeah. both sides of people being able to channel seems like an advantage to, the, to humanity. So Rand teleports to his army encampment, uh, and meanwhile the maidens are trying to pressure Rand to marry Avienda. Yeah, they're super shipping Rand and Avienda. <laughs> I actually think this is kind of nice how the maidens take care of Rand and like, you know, give him a jacket when he's cold and make him soup and stuff. Yeah, uh, there's actually a really and kill anybody that looks at him funny. <laughs> there's kind of a cute explanation of it. They talk about the, this idea that, and this is something we already knew that when maidens. If maidens get married, they have to give up the spear. But if they don't and they have a kid, then the kid is just given to a random family to marry, to to raise. So in a way, Rand is the first known child of a maiden of the spear because we know that he descended. So like in a way, he's like the the proxy for all of their you know their lost kids, I guess, in a way. Yeah. It's kind of cute, right? They're like, oh, he's like, he's our son. <laughs> I am tired of him getting pissed off about it, though, because he's always, because he's constantly talking, thinking about how, like, alone he is and how lonely it is being a leader and everything. But then there's these women who don't give a shit that he's the dragon and he yeah. gets pissed off about it. Yeah. He really point. should, he really should embrace it, you know? This really? is, this is... Yeah, probably those other leaders would love to have this kind of uh, uh, crew to roll with. Yeah. Make sure he's eating enough. They make sure he's getting good rest. They try and hook him up with their random friend. <laughs> <laughs> and he thinks two different Two Rivers sayings in this chapter. Men believe the worst easily, and women believe it hides something still darker. And a woman's eyes cut deeper than a knife. Okay. These I'm calling BS on these Two Rivers sayings. <laughs> yeah. They're so specific to the situation that he's in. <laughs> this is very, yeah. I think he might just be making these things up. I was saying the two rivers, you know, don't uh, go fight the Forsaken when you're here with the... the... Yeah, yeah, always eat soup on the day when you're going to have a wizard battle. As they say in the two rivers. Because Linny and probably Swan do that too. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Make shit up on the spot. And so, uh, but but apparently, they're saying this because apparently Rand has been avoiding Avienta for some reason, which I can't decide if that's more or less annoying than when they were fighting constantly. Less. Less. Yeah, <laughs> probably probably so. Chapter 4, A Sense of Humor, Icon of the Ravens. Uh, Rand visits his combined army, which is on the border with Ilium. He has an excessive amount of flags. Does he? Yeah, every time he goes to a new place, they talk about all the flags he's got. Now he's got two different flags, and they're all over the place. Yeah. He has his dragon flag, and he has his, like... Ancient Aes Sedai symbol flag. It's important though. You gotta let everybody know where to go. No, I think I think you pick a flag and you go with it. I don't. Why, why does he need two different like icon well, flags? There's the the icon. There's the flag for his organization, basically, which is the Aes Sedai flag, and there's a flag for him personally, which is the dragon flag. So usually, what they would do is the dragon flag only goes up when he's there, mm. so that when his people are looking for him, they know where to look. But when he's not there, then it's just the other flag that says he could he owns this place. 
So, but that's not what's happening, right? Like, that's not what's happening. They're, they're just flying it all over the place. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I, that, that's a fair point. But yeah, they, he definitely has like flags everywhere. It's always. Yeah, if you can't teleport, it's important to have a flag to know where to go and who to talk to. <laughs> that's a good point. But Rand is in this particular time here to visit his favorite Pokemon, Weramon. 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 That's what he says whenever you walk in. <laughs> he does tell a Two Rivers joke first. Uh, because, oh, that's right. Because there's a theme of Aeol humor being incomprehensible. And he tells a, you know, a passable Two Rivers joke. Okay. I don't get the, I don't get Rand's joke. You don't get the joke? I don't. Do you get the Aeol jokes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, I wrote this. I was like, maybe it's not the Aeol. Like you're tall and red humor. Here, man. Maybe you're an Aeol. I get Aeol humor way more than I get Rand's joke. Can you, can you explain Rand's <laughs> yes, joke to me? Yeah. It's simple. The guy is mad at the other guy. Right. Being that he's looking for any reason he can to be mad at the other guy. Oh, oh see, I totally missed that. I, oh, I yeah, you thought it was about the rooster. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was about the water. <laughs> I was like, it's got to be at the water about that. No, I, I thought I thought maybe he, when he said he, he didn't uh, take my hand when I passed by earlier, didn't say hi when I passed by earlier. I thought maybe he was talking about like earlier in the day. Oh, no. I was like, oh, okay, so yeah, I get you've got a grudge. That was you know. I don't think Rand told this joke very well. I don't think he did. It's poor delivery. Even though I have to say, I did laugh out loud at the maiden's responses when they're talking about it and trying to figure it out. And he just gets frustrated and walks off. I felt so, like, I, I empathize with the maidens. I was like, <laughs> is it about the water? Is it about the rooster? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, but the ideal sense of humor gets me every time. I think that they're very funny when they... Really? Yeah. When Their jokes are dumb. No, they're, they're, they're a little slapstick, but they're funny. Like Okay, I actually don't get the one about the Thunderwalkers. Okay, so they're... they're like all, when they're standing still, they might get hit by lightning? It's more just like they're always looking for like something to worry about. Is there lightning here or something? That's the joke. It's not a joke. It's kind of a joke. No? Am I the only one who thought that was funny? Okay, what about the other one about the hand talk? That yeah, it's like oh, that one's a solid joke. Yeah, they're always using the hand talk because even when they're not talking, they want to be talking. You know, it's <laughs> a little misogynist, but I think it's funny. <laughs> that was a very like '90s comedian <laughs> delivery you gave there. Uh, what's with the hand talk? <laughs> yeah, what's with the hand talk? Jerry Seinfeld, as we know, is an ideal. So. <laughs> yeah, right, he'd be a thunderwalker. Women right. be talking. Women be talking. But he also tells this joke while jumping up and kicking higher than his head. I don't understand that That's part. Really impressive. It, it is impressive, but is that necessary for a joke? Is that just? I'd it, go see a comedian if he did stand <laughs> every time I told a joke. Touche. Touche. Pretty cool. That is pretty cool. There's a lot of stamina. You get through a whole set that way. Yeah. So Rand meets Weramon. 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 And he actually meets with all the Terran and Kyrian and lords, who. Don't understand why Rand is massing them in this giant army right here on the Ilian border and not attacking, but it's because it's all part of Rand's fake plan. You got a secret like plan within a plan, which you know right. it, I guess it's just something we should expect from Rand for now, and we're not going to find out until it happens. I guess I, I don't know. Two hundred thousand IU will move in there and kill everybody. That seems like a pretty good plan. It seems like a very good plan, but it's not what he's going to do, which means he's got some other secret, some secret clever plan. Yeah. Maybe he's just going to teleport him in. Why didn't he just teleport him in? He could do that, right? That's probably his secret plan. <laughs> his secret plan is, I'm going to do what I did in Caitlin. Yeah, that thing I did, yeah. <laughs> Except in Caitlin, it didn't work out super great, right? Well, and if anything goes wrong, I'm going to use Balefire and rewind time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there there we go. That's that's his real plan. That's probably his real plan. He's probably like, I'm going to teleport in and Balefire some mail in the back of the face. <laughs> yeah, that's a fine plan. It's, it's worked pretty well so far. But uh, he also learns that they've got some dragon deserters, which is bad news. 
Yeah, some of the High Lords have rebelled, including one High Lord who just never joined him. Yeah. And Rand's like, I respect that guy. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's been up front about it the whole time. He just doesn't like me. That's fine. Yeah. I'm still going to kill him. And I was I was wondering, like, how, what do you do in a situation like this? I mean, obviously, the you don't want to show weakness, but you also, like, he doesn't have the time and energy to be wasting. You, like, you do gun. exactly what he does. You strip their titles and their lands and issue death sentences for them, which, you know, eventually... You'll get around to killing them. You don't have to kill them right now. They don't have anything. Yeah. They're living in the forest. Yeah. I guess so. Just stripping of their lands and titles is, is at least from the Terrence perspective, seems to be pretty pretty harsh. Right. But the servants like it. <laughs> they, they find that pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess if you're a High Lord of Tyr and you rebel, you don't necessarily expect your ancestors to lose their lands too, right? You're like, oh, I'm going to rebel, but my heir is probably going to be fine. That would be the first thing I would expect, honestly, because that's your vulnerability. That's what you can't take with you. I, they don't think of it that way, right? Because I think they even say that they think of, like, lordship as something that's born into them. Yeah, and we're magic and special. So maybe they don't think of it that way. Maybe they think that's something you can't take away, but he's right. going to shoo them But otherwise. yeah, Rand, the former farm boy, is like, yeah, screw you guys. Yeah. Have fun being peasants. <laughs> take, take their resources, their power, and... Make him run off and hide. So if, yeah, if but he the, takes the question, hit. the real question is, what can he actually do to strip them of their lands? Because those people all report to the lords. He, he, the other high lords don't actually have the ability, the authority to strip each other of the lands. It's like they own the land and they own all the people on it. It's a good but, point. I mean, Rand, of course, is like now the emperor. So he does have that authority, but how's he going to enforce it? Well, yeah. I mean, they're, no not, they're not on their lands, right? They've off, gone off to hide in the, the woods. So Yeah, but they, they're probably getting supplies from their lands and, and drawing men from their lands. For but if, if he installs a new lord there, I mean, right. that's what I would do, right? Yeah, but he didn't do that yet. Yeah. I guess he'll have to eventually. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder what his plan is for that. He needs some middle management. Yeah, mm-hmm. he does. Yeah, what, what the kings of England or whatever would do, they would do this. They'd strip them of their lands and title. And the, the land of the title would go to the king, and the king would take all the money that he could get from the lands, and then he would give it eventually as a reward to some other lord. Yeah. Which is probably what Rand should do, but... You know, yeah, and so. also, eventually, if he gets some free time, he'll send, you know, a half dozen Aiel to go kill them all. Yeah, that's... He, he really doesn't... I mean, like you said, he has 200,000 Aiel. He could send, what, a tenth of a percent of those and probably yeah. deal with any problem that could come up. The Witlanders do not believe in Samael. When Rand is talking about Samael. Which, yeah. I, I mean, at this point, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, a little bit of... That's a little ridiculous, I think. Like, they've seen... At least the Terran Lords have seen Miradral and Trollocs in their tower, in, the, mm-hmm. in, the, in their place. And they've seen, you know, some crazy magic stuff. Believing in the Forsaken is not that far far-fetched it seems to me you know mm-hmm. but i think they don't want to believe you know like they wouldn't believe in rand if he wasn't standing right in front of them bail firing them yeah i just i feel like that degree of cognitive dissonance is pretty extreme but maybe yeah maybe you're right maybe it's just that's what they need to believe yeah samuel is also building up his forces on the plains apparently there's a line of forts that he's reinforcing on the plains of moreto between the two armies. Yeah. So I think Rand's secret plan is to build up his army there to draw out Samael's army and then teleport into the palace of Balefire or something. That's what he should do, yeah. But, you know, surely Samael has thought of that. You know, he's a, he fought wars during the War of Power. Mm-hmm. 
So I wonder. I wonder. Yeah, I was I was thinking about this too. That that seems like the obvious thing that this is a, a military strategy, but it seems like Samuel really likes to fight battles, right? Like I think that's one of the traits that we know about him is he loves to use armies, and that's like that's the way he likes to be. Mm-hmm. So if it seems like Rand is going to give him that, he's going to lean really into it. He's like, oh yeah, I get to have a fight, you know? Yeah. So maybe he will not be paying attention to what's happening. But I do have to say that this this like. These elementary school, like schoolyard antics among the among his his generals are something I, I think he needs to cut off right now, you know? I don't think he can. I think they're gonna do this no matter what. Yeah, I guess just like, what could he do? You know? Ignore them? Uh threaten them? I don't know. Like, he did. Yeah. I, just just the, the fact that they're still like ignoring each other in the room is just dumb. Yeah. Interesting problem. Because really, he has three different nations who are going to fight separately, if unless he, under him, right? Like they're they're all sort of reporting to him, but there's no exactly right. They 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 pretend the Aiel don't exist, even though the Aiel are by far the best wing of this military, and also the most numerous. There's no way that there's two hundred thousand. I think they, he says there's five Aiel for every other soldier, right? Yeah. So so they're also the the by far the most numerous of his soldiers, and they're just ignoring the fact that there are two hundred thousand Aiel there. I wonder if that's going to change if Matt is commanding things, if, if there's a central general. Yeah, I think Matt Matt would be able to probably deal with this situation a lot a lot better. But remember, Matt, what we've seen is Matt doing most of his commanding from the front also. Yeah, that's true. And that's that's what's been super successful for him, is he, he his men attack at the right time because he's there. You know, he's not he's not dealing with the lords. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, talking of military tactics... Rand's ability to teleport is a huge strategic advantage. Yeah, this is much more important than anything else that is going on in the military, really. Yeah, because you know? he's simultaneously running, like, a campaign, essentially, uh, on the borders of Ilion, and running Camelin at the same time, and scouting. Like, he's he's actually scouted out these five Ilian camps himself in the in Teleran Riyadh, it sounds like. Yeah, this is one of those... Uh, this is Actually, I think it's one of those, like, Harry Potter things where... They bring in the the time travel device, and it just it makes none of the other plot lines make any sense if these people can just time travel to solve their problem. So they just stop doing it in the books. Yeah, but he can teleport, right? So if what he wants to do is unify the nations of mankind behind him, why doesn't he just teleport to every royal palace one after the other, spend a month doing that, and? terrify all of the kings and queens into following him. Yeah, he should pop into every palace in... and, and send a, a thousand Aiel with him to, yeah. to hold down the palace everywhere. Yeah, yeah. like that, that's that's it. He should he should bring a thousand... He should use what is skimming or whatever. He should skim a thousand Aiel, you know, to yeah. the, the, the palace of every town and just leave him there. So, yeah, if you can teleport instantly, a lot of this stuff doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. But we don't know what Rand's secret plan is. Maybe that is what Rand's secret plan is. Yeah, that's a good point. But I, I am curious. But as as we learned in previous books, we're not going to find out probably until the moment he does it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So after this, Rand goes and meets with the Aiel chiefs, which he has to go hang out with them for as long as he spent with the High Lords for, like, honor or something. Yeah, Jato. Yeah, which is... I would find that really annoying because... It seems pretty boring. He's got more important things to do right now. Let's let's be honest. There's more important things for Rand to be. Rand to be yeah, doing. the Aiel chiefs hate his battle plan. Also, to just gather all their forces right here and then not do anything. Yeah, but I think Rand is doing a pretty good job managing these forces that hate each other. You know, they're fractious. He knows what they want. He knows how to how to talk to them, how to stroke them to make them 
you know, do what he wants, which is sit here. Yeah, I think he makes a point of the fact that he picked Wareman because he knew that he's the kind of person who, if he told him, don't move, he's not going to move, you know? Yeah. And and he knows that's not necessarily true of the Ayel chieftains, which mean, which is why he extracts a a one on one promise from each of them. You're not going to go in there, right? Right. Which is real. That's leadership stuff. You know, that's like Moraine probably taught him how to do that. Yeah, that's a good point. That's 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 knowing your your assets and knowing what they need. Yeah. Also, uh, there's an interesting point where they're talking about the logistics of feeding this army, which is something that you don't always read about in these kinds mm-hmm. of books. But it's very important if you have an army of 250,000 people. If you can make people. a gateway, that's really helpful with logistics, right? That's true. Just they don't need all food. these wagons and carts. Well, I don't, I don't know. Like, that's something, you can't leave a gateway open very long. I think we know that, right? I don't know if that's true. Because I remember there was something about him making a portal and it was like slowly closing when he was not paying attention to it or something. Yeah, maybe that's it. But still, he could devote every third day to just transferring all the food yeah, he really and he probably should right yeah that's, that would be much more effective than a lot of the other stuff you could do they have a constant string of wagons taking months going back and forth but this is why i think as soon as you can teleport around and as soon as he can teach other people how to teleport around that's good point. nothing they do makes any sense the farm is really like that's where his, that's where his supply lines are going from right yeah he shouldn't be training to be weapons he should be training them to be quartermasters <laughs> that's true right that's probably what matt would say if, they, if you ask matt uh, train a few of them to be weapons of mass destruction, but you only need like one or two nuclear bombs, right? Yeah, just train the rest to, to move food around. Yeah, uh, right. And then the, after that, he heads back to Kyrian, and his plans are in motion, wheels within wheels. Yeah, I mean, I was I was wondering, like, he really he could have a lot of secret plans here. Like, maybe he's going to pull down a magic meteor on top of Ilian. Maybe he's going to well, bail fire. I mean, he's got are lots you, of options. Are you just listing things that happen in Final Fantasy? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he's going to turn them undead and then use a phoenix down or whatever to, to kill them in one shot. I don't know. I want to read uh, a section because uh, Rand gets some courting advice from the Aiel, mm-hmm. who are still really leaning into him in Avienda. <clears throat> you must be decently modest in her eyes, but not so <laughs> modest she thinks you're boring. Ask her to scrape your back in the sweat tent, but shyly with your eyes downcast. When you dress for bed, let yourself dance as if life pleases you. Then apologize when you suddenly realize she's there and put yourself straight into your blankets. Can you blush? <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice. That's, I mean, it's just like... Is this good advice? I, the I don't know. Thing, actually, I think it's pretty good advice. Uh, but but uh, uh, dancing in general, yes. But like, oh, take off your clothes and then dance around a little bit. I mean, it's, okay. Flop, 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 flop. I was going to say, <laughs> a guy dancing around is not necessarily the, the most like enticing thing. I mean, like... Th- <laughs> Maybe th- this is one of those situations where like, if she's still into you after you do that... <laughs> you got it made. <laughs> See if she's immediately turns away in disgust from your flopping member. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so I just I thought the the scrape your back thing seemed a little weird to me. Yeah, and the the eyes downcast thing. Oh, oh, sorry, I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't see you there. <laughs> I'm sorry. Could you scrape my back? <laughs> could you scrape my sweaty back? Ew. It's so romantic. Going back to the procurement thing, why is Ray not teleporting around and figuring out where you can find food? Because like when he teleported to wherever the Shanchen were, there was snow, so that means that there's got to be precipitation oh, and they're not point. in drought so why isn't he finding places where they're yeah. still growing stuff it's the harvest season somewhere yeah that's a great point yeah he should, what he should really be doing is moving his farms around <laughs> yeah just mm-hmm. okay we'll find 
if, if your farms are no longer geographically, your, your farm locations are no longer limited by geography, then. Yeah. Or at least do like a hunter gathering kind of thing, you know, like yeah. send them somewhere where they can just strip the land for a while and then move on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So they don't, so they can keep that army in one place without running out of food like they are. Mm-hmm. You know, historically speaking, it's generally you, you lose like several times as many people to disease and starvation and accidents than you do to an actual battle when you're moving an army around. And one of the best ways to, to stop an army is by killing their supply lines. That's why mm-hmm. if, a, if you're a good military strategist, you're protecting your supply lines all the time. Yeah, so I wonder if Samael is doing all this stuff. He doesn't have the taint to worry about. Not that that has ever stopped Rand. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's funny because in the earlier books, Rand seems to be going mad at a lot faster rate than he does now. Now it seems kind of like it's kind of plateaued a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But then again, he does have Lucerian screaming in his head all the time. So yeah. yeah. And and he noticed himself muttering like, break it, break them all, break it, break it. But how many times does he not notice himself muttering? That is a like very that? good question. People are giving him weird looks all the time and he assumes it's because they're afraid of him because he's a male channeler and, and not because he's screaming, kill it, kill it, kill it, kill it, <laughs> yeah. under his breath all the time. You know? Yeah. I wonder like how much of the thoughts, you know, where he's like, I'm so callous, I'd make a sheep puke, or I hate these lords, uh, but I, I have to use them. Like, how much of that did he say? <laughs> the lords are just like, we're standing right here, man. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to mention there was that one lord who's, like, daft. They mentioned, like, the older guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, He's yeah. just wearing, like, a flower in his ear and flowers all on his coat. <laughs> and I was like, this guy's got it right, you know? Yeah, he's the coolest lord. I, I was like, that's the guy I want to be friends with. <laughs> yeah. He seemed like he was having a good time. Right. So, yeah, I mean, maybe Rand is, is farther along in the madness than any of us know. Uh, or maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe as long as he's winning, it's okay if he's a little crazy. Yeah, right. That's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to cover chapters five through six of Lord of Chaos. I am Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan. I'm Mike Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. <laughs> if you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please... Share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please support us at patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. Please like us in real life. We're super likable. Until next time. The the light light illumine you. you.